Hello, and welcome back to Imposter Women Podcast, the show that tells you you are not an imposter and helps you tackle your life and business goals unapologetically and with confidence. I'm your host, Melissa Hassong, and I'm here with my wonderful co-host, Jesse Linda Gallo. How are you doing, Jesse? Hey, Mel. I'm so excited for today's episode. In this episode, we're chatting with Sophia Barros and Zoe Saad of Unoya Mindset, which is a really cool company that is training up, um, or rather coaching and working with entrepreneurs. Um, They have just such a cool story to tell, but more importantly, almost, in this episode, we really get to hear the story of their business partnership, and there's so many lessons learned from it. Yeah, I'm not even in a partnership, but I'm telling you by the end of this conversation, I want a business partner. Just the way that they are so wonderful together and you can just, the understanding, the communication, the brilliance that goes on in their business to make it all happen was just a wonder to listen to. I think my favorite part of this episode, we were chatting with them after we finished recording and There are so many horror stories out there of partnerships with friends, with spouses, with family, and we don't really go into any of those in the episode. And I love (laughs) Zoe was like, there's plenty of those out there. It's fine. (laughs) So I think what's really beautiful about this episode is they talk so much about strategies to avoid those situations that I think we've all heard about and really how to make a partnership flourish. So a lot of great content for somebody who's in a partnership or considering one. Yeah, I think our audience is going to get a ton out of this. So really excited to have them join us today. Without any further ado, let's go ahead and meet our guests. Zoe Saad is a rapid transformational therapist. RTT is a very specialized form of unconscious mind work that accelerates transformation and results by bringing your conscious actions and habits into alignment with your unconscious drivers. Zoe trained directly with Marissa Pia, UK's number one therapist who developed RTT for high-performance teams, athletes, and royals. Sophia Barros is a performance and leadership coach with over 20 years' experience in the world of small business and degrees in psychology, culture, and communications. Sophia has led businesses and teams from the point of startup to scaling, and her personal experience of burnout and her journey back to balance inspired her to co-found Unoya Mindset to help other professionals rekindle their spark and unlock sustainable high performance. Welcome to the show, Sophia and Zoe. How are you? We're great. Well, thank great. you so much. Thanks so much for having us as well. Yeah, absolutely. It's so lovely to meet you both. Yes, likewise. We are so excited to have you on the show today. We are super excited too. Awesome. So why don't we go ahead and just learn a little bit more about your awesome business, Unoya Mindset. So Unoya is a bit of an interesting business. It's a little bit of an anomaly in the space that we operate in. Uh, We work specifically in the space of transformation, but we really, if we're being honest, what we do is we help business owners. And I think anyone that's run a business can probably relate to this. We work with business owners on a personal level because a lot of the time when you talk about business, there's a lot of stuff out there that helps businesses 
you know, on strategy or admin or how to run a business, but there's much less in the way of resources to help business owners and founders manage themselves, manage, you know, their kind of internal challenges, whether it's managing stress, managing time, you know, managing how they feel running their businesses, managing the way that we get in our own way. So, yeah, we work with the mindset that founders need to be able to not just do business well and succeed, but not sacrifice in other areas of their lives, like, you know, sacrifice their health, sacrifice their their well-being, their relationships, which we typically do sometimes in the name of business success. So that's our kind of corner of the world, so mm-hmm. to speak. Absolutely. And very often some of them refer to us as like their silent business partner. Yeah. Know, they have someone to always bounce ideas off or someone that they can just go to and just be completely honest and vulnerable with, you know, mm. and just have that, you know, just that support that they don't have as being single That's business right. owners, right? Yeah. I think anyone who's run their own business probably mm. can relate to that. Yeah. It's lonely. 100%. <laughs> Tell us a little bit, so what your market, so to speak, that you guys say you service for purpose and service-based founders. I would love to hear more about that. Can you explain to our audience what that means? Yeah, absolutely. So it's, you know, words and logistics, right? So service-based founders essentially are people that are selling themselves and not a product. And typically when we first go into business, you know, when we're a service-based founder, we could be anything from somebody who's a helper, a healer, all the way through to professional services like, you know, uh, accountants, financial services. So there's a bit broad spectrum, but these are the people that generally are part of our community um, where they're initially selling their, their own services and then over time they need to learn how to replicate that to sell those services for their teams as they scale. That's right. And, and the f- purpose is really people that want to make a difference in this mm-hmm. world in some way. And so we really love to target the service-based founders who want to make a positive impact the change makers yeah they're change makers whether that's in their societies whether that's to the planet um or just in their sectors right like they want to do things different and innovate and do things in a completely new way in their sectors because they're usually the ones that are very ideas driven Mm -hmm. but often they have the biggest barriers to entry because there's so many you know people there's so much standing in our way when we want to do something that no one else is doing or do things that are more meaningful that's right and we also have a specific scholarship towards people who are a social enterprise or a charity yeah. who maybe don't have as much income coming in so that they can get the benefits all of all of this as well. Because really, yeah, what we want to do is help more founders and more um, change makers change the world, right? So it's like a ripple effect. I'm so glad you talked about that because you were saying that service-based, you know, the purpose-based businesses are trying to make an impact in the world. Like you guys are doing some really cool things with, you know, a mindset that is different. You guys are giving back. And so I'm glad you brought that up as well. It was one of the things that really fascinated me about your business. Oh, thanks, thanks so much, Jesse. That's exciting. We said that from day one, right? Like yeah. we went into business and we said, we're going into business, but we want to walk the talk. Like there's, there's no point in us talking about helping individuals in this space if we're not operating our business from that kind of value set. So from day one, every sale that we've made, every contribution, you know, or every, sorry, income pieces come in, there's been a, a reciprocal contribution going out. We've always had a model, even when we couldn't afford it. And, you know, in the beginning of a business, we're really operating on very little and stringent profit lines, you know, like in the, the first six months to a year, I'm pretty sure that we pretty much had zero profit, even though we were turning over income and we'd still donate per mm-hmm. sale because we wanted to be authentic to that kind of intention from day one. Yeah. So yeah, that's, that's been a really important part for us. Yeah, absolutely. And it's a non-negotiable for us. Mm. 
which comes back to values, I guess, but that's a conversation for another time. (laughs) Yeah. Purpose driven for me, I think, and and specifically, you know, your niche working with um, service providers is, can be tough because so much of it is about you and like your personality. So I feel like a lot of the beautiful souls that are kind of drawn to that work do have that really strong purpose and are doing it because they want to help and they want to heal. Um, so yeah, definitely kind of feeling that same, same um, message as well. Definitely. And that's, that's the thing, right? Like on a deep level, we all want that. Like if we think about what makes us feel fulfilled at work, we all want to have a sense of mattering and knowing that what we're doing is meaningful, knowing that it's aligned with, you know, our purpose or our vision in some way. So I think even when we don't have a for-purpose business, we can be for-purpose in the way that we, you know, we operate in our businesses still, if that makes that's sense. Right. Yeah. And if, yeah, and absolutely. Even this podcast, right? It's for-purpose. You know, you're you're doing it to help other women Mm. who are building their startups or their side hustles, right? So that's very much aligned to us. You know, we want to give back to the community, back to people, back to, you know, founders who are on this journey and who can learn from our mistakes, who can learn from what we've learned, you know, and and give that back because there's no point in keeping that to ourselves. Yeah, really nicely said. Couldn't have said it better myself. So would you just give our audience kind of a feel for the like scope and scale of your business? So the two of you are partners, but can you talk about how long you've been in business? Um, I think you have some additional people working with you. Kind of what does your day-to-day look like? Yeah, great question. So we've been in business for three and a half years-ish, like we're approaching three and a half, yes, not quite. approaching three and a yeah, half. Yeah, three and a bit, somewhere in between I, was, I feel like the last three years have just been like a time vortex. So it's always <laughs> like, how long has it been again? Because um, we literally launched just before COVID. COVID yeah. yeah. So it was an interesting timing. COVID baby. Yeah. Um, and it because of that, time just feels like it's been in a completely different frame. But yeah. ultimately within, like, within that time frame, we've, shifted and changed in many in many ways but in terms of the scale now we have a team of people that work under the umbrella of Unoya that's about five people deep yeah. now so we've kind of grown during that time which is amazing for us what we do from a business perspective varies like we've got mastermind products we do workshops we work one-on-one with people part of the, the group and the people I said under the umbrella of EM part of the part um part of our team are practitioners like ITT therapists or other coaches that, you know, service and work with our clients or that potentially take on different groups or sub-clients to us, Um, you know. So there's a broader network, I guess, that we've created in a way which is really, really nice. Um, But the essential, I guess, the kind of, you know, the origin hub is the two of us. And it was like that for a while. Like it was really just the last year that it's broadened and we've scoped down, I think, right? Yeah. Yeah, the first two and a half years was just... The two of us trying to do everything, wear yeah. all the founders' hats. You know that one? Yeah. <laughs> but it's quite nice having a team and it's having that nice. yeah, support. Yeah, and the community that it builds and creates I think is yeah. really nice as well, both for them and for us in a yeah. way. Because it's a lo- I say this a lot, but it's a lonely gig mm. when you're a one-man show sometimes. So being able to leverage that pathway is really yeah, nice. Absolutely. So were you a partnership from the beginning? And if so, can you tell us a bit more about that decision to go into business with your best friend? 
Yes, absolutely. So we were right at the beginning. So Sophia and I were both finishing our clinical training at the same time. So Sophia, you know, becoming a performance and mindset coach and me, uh, you know, getting my RTT practitioner license. And, you know, we were were talking about our name, you you know, and trying to find a business name. And Sophia was throwing some ideas at me about her business name. And I was throwing some ideas at her. And then all of a sudden, we both just kind of like, you know what, We, we kind of want the same things that are what we're creating you know we kind of have a similar vision for what we're creating we also had a big picture vision for the future Mm. and then I remember Sophia one time saying you know what you know we're going to do all of this we're going to register our business names we're going to set up accounts we're going to try and find clients we're going to do the sales and marketing do you just want to do this together and I'm like yeah I do (laughs) that would be so much better like let's do this together like and I knew from the beginning that would push each other in different mm. ways than if we were to do this alone because we see so many people in our space particularly yeah. start, you know, become coaches, become therapists and never actually get off the ground. I think it's at like 3% or something. Well, it's 94% of, at least in coaching, I'm not saying yeah. this in therapy, no, but, but in the world of coaching, similar. 94% of coaching businesses will never, ever become profitable never ever break through that kind of first barrier to entry you know um despite being certified despite many women and men and you know being capable um because of that internal the internal barriers right that we hold ourselves back with Mm. so yeah yeah so i think we just it just felt right at the time Mm. and it was like let's do this together like why not you know we've we've been friends for a very long time we went to high school together so we met, I think, on day one in year seven. We did actually. So we've gone through, we've gone through many uh, ups and downs in our friendship as well. So we've lived overseas together. Yeah. We've done a lot of interesting things along the way, yeah. um, which I think strengthened our relationship that made this possible. Because yeah. I don't think I would go into business. Actually, I know for a fact that I certainly <laughs> yeah. would not go into business with with just anybody, or yeah. would not make a decision like that lightly. Yeah, you know, absolutely. Um, me particularly, because I had I had watched two parents be burned mm. by partnerships in the past so like I actually had the opposite mindset to you mm. where I was initially going I'm never ever going into partnership with someone mm. right like I had that wounding from like a young age right where I was like partnerships are dangerous mm. yeah. <laughs> so it's interesting isn't it yeah um that we had to work through that in a sense for this to happen but yeah there mm. was there were certain reasons why this particular partnership was something that was a green light for me. And we talk about that actually with our clients as well when they're thinking about joining with someone else. There are a few kind of filters that you want to run through before you say yes to someone, I think, as a partnership perspective. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. That's so interesting. I was actually going to ask if you had any doubts before going into business together. Sometimes I think you know, we've heard people who talked about going to business with a friend and for whatever fear or reason, they didn't go that route. So what were there other hurdles you had to work through to be able to start up? Well, I think for me, it was just making the decision. Like for us, there was a big fear, which mm-hmm. is what if you go into business together and it ruins our relationship, yeah. right? Because you see this happen a lot. Yeah. People go into business with all the hopes and dreams, yeah. but they don't think about the day-to-day stresses and the pressures that it's going to put on a relationship. And that's the same for whether you're married, whether you're friends, whether you don't even know each other and you're like acquaintances perhaps that have decided to have a partnership. It puts a lot of pressure, right? Like you're essentially, it's like a business marriage, you know, and if anything, it tests our communication even more yeah. than marriage can sometimes. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> so there was a lot of internal discussion mm-hmm. around if the business, you know, does put that strain mm-hmm. on us. We always had this agreement pre-business yeah. to say, hey, 
the friendship comes first. If at any point our relationship is wavering and we can't resolve this, then we will end the business and go down separate ways and support each other in doing that rather than put the relationship in a position where we can't come back. From yeah. There. And that was really important for us both. Huge. Um, and we decided that before we went into business. Yeah. It, like that was part of the, like we're in agreement. So if this that happens, was our prenup. Oh, yeah. That was our prenup. <laughs> like relationship first, you know, like we can't, what, this relationship is too valuable. Yeah. You know, to lose over the business. So we were like, yeah, absolutely. There are thousands of businesses and there are thousands of things that you can do, but relationships, I think, for both of us are one of our highest values. So it's like, yeah, that was an easy decision to make. And there's been times in the business since starting where we've had that conversation. Like it's never been like, hey, do you want to exit? But it's been, there's been plenty of times where we've come into conflict where Mm -hmm. my expectations or your expectations were different or where we get into a a dance you know how you do in marriages and relationships where one partner does something (laughs) and the other has a responsiveness you know and And you start dancing together like avoidance or you know those kinds of patterns there's nothing like you know business really to show you who you are in Mm -hmm. a sense and I think in a way that's been a gift for us, but yeah. also a lot of hurdles along the way. And we've mm-hmm. just had to get better and better at communicating at being yeah. raw, at being authentic, yeah. at being vulnerable with each other. Yeah, brutally honest with each other. And asking for what we need. Yeah. How hard is that? Hey, I need extra support, you know, or I need this. Yeah. yeah. It's been really, really, mm-hmm. it's been a learning journey, but I think it's helped us grow in a profound yes. way. And I think that that growth, if we didn't have that as a core value for us both, this wouldn't have worked. Oh, yeah. And if we went into business, say, you know, 10 years ago, it wouldn't have worked. Oh, my God. But because it's this business, because of the work that we do on ourselves, that yeah. we continuously do on ourselves, and because of her experience is her experience, my experience is my experience, and we understand that, we understand that mm. it's not blaming each other or, yeah. you know, but we don't play like, yeah, that role, if that makes sense. We, we very much honour that we each have an individual experience within our business mm. and how we might, um, you know, play that dance together but understand that it's a growing opportunity for both of us when even if it feels like the other person might be at fault. If that <laughs> Do you guys know what we mean yeah, when we say know? the dance? Yeah. Like does that, does, does that land for you? It does actually. I'm nodding along, along a lot because um, I love your approach. It's just so beautiful and intentional and loving how you kind of have gone into business together. And it makes me reflect on when we started this podcast. So three of us host the podcast and we've been friends forever. We went to grad school together, which is a long time ago now, but um, there is aspects to it where, you know, we all have our roles, but there is a huge communication piece. And like that, definitely you have to be honest about where, where your workload is and like, I know I normally do this, but I just, I need a little bit of help this week or this month. And um, yeah, I think having us together, I I wouldn't have come this far if I'd done it myself. Total honesty. I wouldn't be doing this right now. But with the three of us, the accountability is there where I'm like, I won't let Jesse or Lauren down. Yeah. Myself, I will let down. <laughs> you know what I mean? But it's like because I know they're expecting some some work products and some outcomes, I do it. I kick my butt to do it. I love that. Absolutely. And I think that's so relatable. I think so many people feel that way. Um, you know, especially that's why I say and I keep saying business is lonely, right? And I think we've in a way we've we've cheated 
(laughs) Like we've cheated because we've had the emotional support of each other to go through this thing. Mm -hmm. And at the same time, we've had the accountability to each other in a similar way to what you were just saying, Mel. Um, And also we've leveraged each other's ups and downs and positivity and vision in moments when maybe we couldn't bring that ourselves, you know, like there's weeks and days when you're at your best and there's weeks and days when you're maybe not at your best, but we've always had at least the other person to help kind of motivate us or get us through those moments. And that used to be more important in the beginning. I don't think that's as prevalent these days, but in the beginning that was so important for us. So I do feel like we cheated a little bit. Like when you're feeling that (laughs) imposter syndrome, but you've got somebody else there like that you can lean on that can support you through that, you know, and it's like, it's all right, let's do this. You know, you you really do. um, You're able to go so much further, so much quicker because it's very easy when you're on your own. If you're feeling that impulse, if you're feeling the fear to say, oh, no, I'm not going to do it, you know. So I do think that us going together, we've come a lot further than Mm. what we would have. Oh, 100% gone alone and that's not even talking about each other's strengths or talking about the strategic value of having different perspectives right but just what you said like in imposter syndrome right one of the biggest problems is we use our gut feel or our feeling of how good we are as an indicator or evidence of how good we are and that's the problem right like there's a broken circuitry of how we're actually judging our worth but when you've got someone else Mm -hmm. seeing parts of you and saying to you this was amazing. You have a strength in this. Sorry, I did the jiggly thing. You you know, or this is playing out or whatever. It's different because it counters the voice of the inner critic in your own mind and it actually lets you think for a second, hang on, maybe I can do this. Maybe I can go that far. Maybe I don't have this limit. And over time, their foundational belief in you can really help to get you through moments where you maybe wouldn't have believed in yourself. Yeah, absolutely. I feel like you like you've done that so much for me when it comes to speaking, right? Like speaking mm-hmm. has always been one of my biggest fears and, you know, putting myself out there on social media. I don't even post personally, you know? And so when we start this business, it's like, oh, wow, we've got to take videos. <laughs> we've got to put photos up all the time. We've got to share vulnerable things. We've got to, you know, do workshops. We've got to, there's so many things that put you on that, in that space, in that arena to be visible, right? Yeah. And without you, I think I would have, taken so much longer to build that confidence in myself to say I can do this you know because you've always been such a cheerleader for me you Mm -hmm. know and you for me as well I was also a taskmaster for master for her so like you know I don't know it's probably a bit of a and a bit of b but you know it's like the person cracking the whip going we've got to do the video we've got to do the thing pushing (laughs) pushing me to do it but no but it's but it's been very very helpful in that imposter space right and in that building our own um i guess visibility muscle because that comes a lot Mm. i think if that is an issue for you right if it's a challenge yeah i love what you're describing right now because i think for someone who might be considering a partnership and is like weighing out the pros and cons like you're really beautifully encapsulating one of the biggest pros of a partnership which really is you have kind of a yin to your yang and whether, like you said, Sophia, whether that's in technical skill um, or in mindset, you have another person there to lean on and kind of take that, take the loneliness out, maybe even push you to go further. I think there's something really beautiful there that you're really capturing well. 
Thank Thanks, you. Jesse. And I'd love to hear more about, I guess, your partnership because you did mention that you're in partnership with your your partner. So I would love to hear, you know, what have you found going into a relationship with your partner? Because you can't escape him. Like, <laughs> they're <laughs> all the time, the danger, right? right? <laughs> you go to a different house to sleep at night. <laughs> we, we've got space, you know. <laughs> you guys don't have that so much. Yeah. Well, I love what you were saying about the dance of like really kind of learning you get faced with some of your maybe bad habits or your um, limitations, your own mindset, but you also get faced with those within the relationship. And I think that has been our greatest challenge and one of the like most useful things for our marriage beyond just our business. Because I think what we learned was like as a married couple or friends even like in your situation, you can – be really good friends or even have a pretty good marriage at a somewhat lower level of communication. But when you're having to like switch hats constantly and like you have all these new boundaries and now you have money intertwined into your relationships in a whole different way, it requires this extremely elevated level of communication that you never had to have before. Um, And at first it was not there. It was definitely not. (laughs) And so luckily for us, um, my parents are in business together as well. And so when I started to panic and go, oh my gosh, I don't know if we can do this. My mom was the one to say, hey, it's okay. Planning a business is a lot harder than planning a date night. You're going to learn it. You're going to build this muscle. (laughs) Yeah, I love that. And it is a muscle. It is a muscle. And I love what you shared there because It's absolutely something that can be learned and it's something that if Mm. you're both invested in and you both want to give, you know, to to learn how to build that muscle. If you're willing. If you're willing, right? Like I think that's the main thing. And it's be willing to be wrong as well, right, (laughs) in building the business. Yeah. And out of curiosity, like have you found, look, for us it's elevated our relationship. Have you found that in a way it's elevated what was accessible to you even in your marriage? like being able to operate at this level? I think so for sure. And I think even as we look down the future pipeline, like I think it's going to continue to do that because it feels like we're constantly up against a new challenge. We're only about a year into the operations of our business. Uh, We're two years into the dreaming and planning of it, but (laughs) um, I think every year is just going to bring new, new milestones and new challenges and push us a little further. I'd love to hear from both of you, like, as we're talking about this communication piece, like, what's been some of your greatest lessons in learning to communicate in this way? So there's so many. Uh, So, so many. So the key, I guess, is we had to change the way we thought about drama in business. So that's a big shift. It's a reframe of how you perceive the moments that actually frustrate you the most, Mm. right? Like normally, and this is what typically happens is a business owner will come in and they'll be like, this person's letting me down. That person's not performing, or I feel like I'm letting them down. Like there's a lot of, you know, personal, um, emotional responsiveness to relationships, whether it's with staff or with clients or whatever. And the same is true for, for us, right? Like we could get stuck in the drama of those moments like Zoe you know let me down or I let her down or this happened or she or why can't she why can't she just tell me what she wants or what you know all the natural narratives right like that we go through in business and in life but we we reframed that from the beginning and we both understood that the like relationships are a vehicle for our growth 
So if we're having conflict, if we're having moments or challenges between us, then that's an indication that maybe something needs to change in how we're approaching the situation, how we're thinking about it, or how we're communicating. So it's like it's not just her, it's what needs to change in how I'm showing up. Mm. And I think that's been fundamental for us to be able to have this relationship is that we recognize that both of us are coming to it with preconceived ideas, assumptions, we both got sensitivities, you know, like I had massive abandonment issues and this was activated in me in my last business. So every time a staff member would come or leave, I'd feel so stressed and so, un, you know, so overwhelmed emotionally. And I was like almost like at the point where I thought I never want to work with people again. Like I had those kinds of thoughts in my previous business because I didn't know how to manage that emotional pressure that that would put on me. But this time around, we did it differently. We did it from a space of consciousness where we acknowledge that we're going to stuff up. We're going to be flawed. Mm. We're not going to be what the other person wants every single day of the week. But the only thing we can commit to doing is communicating in those moments as opposed to turning away and shutting down, which is what we would have done 10 years ago, right? That's the old days. Yeah, absolutely. We would have shut down, ran away, ignored the problem. Not worked through it constructively. Blamed each other and then and then probably made up a little bit. And then felt justified (laughs) and then done that again, right? Like whereas now and what I really realized is that no matter how, you know, how stressed we might get, how overwhelmed we might get, how whatever is going on in our head when we communicate, when we have those honest, vulnerable conversations Mm -hmm. each and every time, it brings us back. Like it grounds us back to, okay, it's everything's okay. I'm here for you. I love you. You know, I wouldn't do this without you. All of this story that you're creating in your head, (laughs) you know, it just kind of pops like a little cushion and it comes back down to like, you know, somewhere around here. Mm -hmm. And I think something fundamental for us has been connection rituals. We don't do this as often as we want, but we always, you know, in the beginning we used to have like a weekly walk where we'd connect and we'd walk and talk because we're very big on nature Mm. and health and outdoors. And so that was a really powerful connection ritual for us. And it doesn't have to be something that's so lengthy. It could be something that's much shorter, but we've recognized that there's been times when we've been stressed, we've overcommitted, you know, we haven't had as much capacity. And when we've let go of the connection rituals, Mm. the relationship this tension generally rises. So it's like maintaining those connection rituals are like anchors. Absolutely. And then the other thing I think is our self-emotional, like our emotional hygiene, like the work we do on ourselves to stay grounded, to not be in a state of activation or stress, Mm -hmm. taking care of our own basic needs like nutrition and sleep. The (laughs) more comfortable and more capacity we have, generally the better we can approach the relationship. Otherwise we're like, you know, it's kind of like, you know, you guys – if you think about a moment where you've been the most stressed in your world, right? When you're underslept, you're hungry, you're tired, you're not your best self in that no, moment, right? Definitely. So it's like it's a lot harder for us to have these open conversations in that moment. So it's like take care of the connection rituals, take care of yourself and your basic needs so that you're coming at it at a at a full cup. And then communication can be really powerful. But I think a lot of people go wrong because they don't do these two and then they try to communicate in a state of activation and they wonder why we're arguing with each other or why we're frustrated and why we're blaming each other. Yeah. And we're very lucky that we have the skills to be able to go through our own emotional regulation and be able to, you know, go through that. Because I think if we didn't have that, I think it'd be a lot harder to communicate from like, it's like from a different space, right? Yeah, for sure. And I th- yeah, that's very mm-hmm. true. So learning those skills would be the third piece, yeah. I guess. And they're accessible to everybody. Just because we're, yeah. we're therapeutically trained doesn't mean that we are the only ones that have access to them. That's they're right. very easy to, like, pick up and learn. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, 
I hope that answers your question. I think we went on two or three tangents, but I think we came back. (laughs) No, that was so good. You know, it's interesting because it sounds like you've both done a lot of work on yourselves. And and one of the things you said earlier maybe is kind of leading to this, but you said, you know, 10 years ago, you're not sure if this would have worked. What's some of the best work that you think you did to prepare for this moment that makes now different than a decade ago? That is such a good question, Jesse. (laughs) I don't even know where to begin with that one. I've done so much stuff. (laughs) I think, yeah, like the work itself, we've both done so much in in different spaces. So it's like I wouldn't even know where to start. But I think what you touched on the end, the emotional piece, the emotional Mm -hmm. regulation work. So I guess what happens is when we feel activated and stressed and pissed and justified and all these Mm -hmm. things, we don't ever stop to question you know, that feeling we're in it, you're kind of like in the washing machine going around and around and around and around. And one of the key things that helped was learning how to come back from that activation state through different emotional regulation practices. So I think this was one of the fundamentals for me, learning how to feel what I need to feel and let it go. So I don't carry it on my shoulders, like a cape for the Mm. next two months and just release. So like, work around if you know you're, you're looking at how to do this kind of work it's really basic it's just learning how to sit with your emotions like that's the basic feel I think that's been the most fundamental yeah. because it means that instead of me needing to offload and tension tag and process my emotions by yelling at you mm-hmm. or by being you know it's rude or, or yeah. passive aggressive or or whatever I can is. sit with that myself and come back to a state where I'm now out of my fight or flight response and I can have a conversation with you So I think that's probably the body of work that's been the most fundamental. And the second is learning vulnerability. Mm -hmm. So doing work to become okay with my flawed self. And I think you would say the same. Absolutely. Both of those things um, are huge. And learning how to say what we need. Yeah. Communicating our needs to the other person. So learning how to be okay with your vulnerability and to lean in and trust another person will show up for you. Yeah. So that's something that's not always easy to do especially when we carry armor Um, and I was carrying a lot of armor. So that's why I say 10 years ago there's no chance. I would have just, you know, powered through, been the high-performing super achiever that did it all by herself and was toxically independent and didn't need anybody but was there to serve everybody else. And that would have been the story still for me if I didn't do the work on myself to become okay with vulnerability and learn how to manage yeah and you and in addition to what Sophia said like I was holding a lot of trauma so Mm. for me you know to trust people it was very difficult and not that I didn't trust you as a friend but it's just on that subconscious level where you really trust people so for me working on that trauma releasing that trauma and through that releasing shame was a huge part for me because I don't think I'd be the person I am today if I was still holding on to that shame Um, And the other thing is forgiveness, forgiveness and acceptance, right? Like I feel like for me that's such an important part of my journey. Mm -hmm. And, you know, when things do go wrong, when things, you know, might irritate you or, you know, being able to forgive and move through that, like I constantly am forgiving, constantly. It's like a daily practice for me where it's like I don't want to hold on to something that happened yesterday or last week. Like I want to move through that. So I'm constantly, um, yeah, just in that process of forgiveness. So. That's really if anything powerful. does irritate me or annoy me or I get angry at or, you know, I make sure that I'm I... annoying sometimes, let's be honest, right? I'm irritating <laughs> well, out of the two so of us. <laughs> we all can be, right? But it's for me, it's very important that I don't hold on to that mm. and I don't create a story about that. And so the work I've done on that, yeah. I think, has really helped to be able to let things go yeah. and to understand that everybody 
is reacting from a place of their conditioning or their perception. And it doesn't necessarily mean that you're not enough. You know, I think that's a big one. It's true. And I guess the other piece of that would be learning how to receive support. Exactly. Because we all say we want support, but it's very different to actually allow the support in, Mm. right? And I think a lot of people block this. I don't know if you guys have experienced that, but you can block those moments where you genuinely want, like you want it, you consciously want the support, but then there's another part of you that's scared of actually allowing that support in. Yeah. Yeah. And that was I me. feel like there's so much more. There's also like releasing, <laughs> releasing the How outcome. Like, you know, like whatever happens is like not being attached to the outcome. Like I think and not being attached and thinking that this work is who I am as well. Like having mm. that separation too. Like when I was, I yeah. used to be a graphic designer and I was so connected to like, you know, if anyone said anything about the work I did, it would physically hurt me you know and I think oh they don't they're not accepting me right so it's the same with this right and understanding that we are not the work you know it, it is a separate thing it yeah. is something we do but we are not specifically the My work. identity is so much it's, more than yeah this. the identity is not tied to that you know um but also yeah releasing in, in a way having high expectations but also not being attached to the outcome so if things need a pivot which they've had you know we've had a lot of pivoting um, being okay with change and really being able to embrace uncertainty and discomfort. Like, I think that's huge. So, yeah, the, you know, just nothing, <laughs> yeah, just, just simple, just, simple things. And we can keep going. We can keep going. But, What's yeah. funny about that is because you hear people say these things all the time and you're like, yes, but how? Yeah. How do I do that? You know, like that sounds so lovely, but where and how do I do that? You know, and it's it's like I know that if you said that to me before, just – be detached to the yeah. outcome. And you said that to me 10 years ago, I would have possibly like literally strangled you. Yeah, you're like, what does that even mean, really? <laughs> how do you even like oh, the control freak that, right? Would not yeah, have been exactly. Okay with that. Yeah. And a lot of people would hear that and be like, what do you like, what does that even mean? Like they wouldn't yeah. even understand what it means. And I get that because I didn't understand that. And we weren't ready. Like that's something that came over time. I don't think we went yeah. into business at that level. That yeah. came as we evolved. Yeah. So that's the thing is you will get the next step when you're ready for the next step. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what was helpful for us. Is yeah. just going one piece at a time you know and the key is yeah really really um have a value of growth if you're going to go into business I think (laughs) because otherwise things are going to be pretty difficult yeah that's Mm -hmm. true if you go into business with the expectation that things will be the same exactly as you and they will go exactly (laughs) as you want them to then you'll be very very upset and miserable in business I think yeah something you said a minute ago Zoe was it it's okay to be okay with change. And I think that's such a good lesson, whether you're in a partnership or plan to be in a partnership or you're just running the business solo is it's that entrepreneurship journey is always evolving. And Sophia, to your point, you said you've pivoted a lot as well. So there's so much that we can, you know, try to anticipate, but there's only really a limit to what we know will happen for sure, except for change. Yeah, exactly. Like that will nice keep coming. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm really curious, how do you operationalize your partnership? Like how, how does that work behind the scenes? Do you do 50-50? Um, you know, and I, I can think about in our podcast, you know, we've worked hard to play to our strengths. So, you know, we've divided the work out equally to what we're interested in versus what we're good at. And luckily, you know, we're we're diverse enough that, we kind of have different buckets. Yeah. Um, so I'm curious how you 
you work that into your business because I know you have a team as well. So what does that look like? Great question. Mm. And in a sense, we did some, we do we basically did something similar to what you guys yeah. did, which is in the beginning, I don't think we did this as well effectively yeah. in the beginning. We tried to be across everything, yeah. but then we had to actually bring it back because, you know, capacity-wise, that's not sustainable when you yeah. start growing. So we worked to each other's strengths. Like, for example, Zoe said that she's got a strength in graphic design. She's got a great strength in communication and connection with people. She's very warm. You can probably see that about her. Um, so she does a lot of our first kind of sales calls and those initial conversations with clients, and she's a beautiful person to do that. So we've separated out the pieces for each one of of us depending on what our skill set is so that we don't overstep and we don't do the same thing um, and I'll sit behind the scenes a little bit more and kind of do more of the strategic planning um, we do that stuff together but a lot of the the execution of that will probably be with me the you know the content creation and copywriting because that was my skill set is something that I kind of sit with but then we cross over in some areas yeah. so it has a little bit of a feel of both of us with the team um, a lot of the team stuff you're doing mm -hmm. right at the moment and so we do collectively both get involved in that space but a lot of the day-to-day -day operations you run in that way so there's trusting that we've divided and then trusting each other to execute on the pieces that we're doing so we don't double handle is a yeah. really big piece because otherwise you're, you're not working to your best energy you're not utilizing your resources and it's exhausting as well because you're trying to do everything and it's like yeah. your head's not clean whereas yeah. I can close that off and know yeah. That was one of the things. It's actually one of the pieces of advice that we give. Yeah. If you're going to go into partnership with somebody, you actually want to have complementary strengths. That's right. Because yeah. if you both do the same thing, and in a sense, in a perfect world, you need to have very defined boundaries and dividers on what is theirs and what is yours mm -hmm. so that you can actually use your mental load resourcefully, not just your strengths resourcefully, but like not both be thinking about the same pieces yeah. constantly. I think between us, we had we were so diverse that we could run this business, the two of us, for a very long time and literally do everything in-house, yeah. you know, while we were trying to build the ability to afford people to do that for us. But mm. I think um, having that diverse range of skills really helps yeah. when you go into partnership as opposed to, yeah, finding an exact version of you because then you will, I think, clash a lot more yeah. because you're going to, uh, like, I feel, yeah, be a bit more attached to the the stuff that you're creating and then the other person's trying to create the same things. And I think there's, there's just a bit more conflict there. Um, and then you also have to outsource a lot quicker and a lot more. And also we should mention that the way that we work with clients initially especially was that we'd both work with the same client. Yeah. So we were both working in a co-created yeah. journey where they would have experiences with me from a you know performance and mindset coaching and leadership perspective and experiences with Zoe on a personal RTT, you know, base. So there was a lot of kind of interchange knowing strict um, – what's the word, technically, mm. what was her domain and what was my domain and how we would service people so yeah. they'd get the biggest bang for their buck, right? Yeah. And there'd be overlaps, but, like, that was um, pretty – for us it had to be something very, very definitive from day one to make sure that clients were getting the value that they wanted. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. This is, like, re really striking for me because one of the pieces of advice – my husband and I received from um, a therapist we were seeing actually, um, which I would highly recommend, especially in the marital space. If you're going to go into business, it's like bring in a neutral third party. Um, but, <laughs> but she had said, I think it's time for an org chart. She was like, I think you really need to define these roles better. And for us, the result of that 
was being faced with the fact that we weren't trusting enough that the other person was going to do what they said they were going to do. And so it like really pushed us to say like, okay, you know, if, if sales is Ben's thing, then I have to trust that he's going to sell that property and I have to just step away. I've got to let him do his thing. And that's so scary when you're, especially when you are starting up and every little penny matters and every little decision feels like the biggest decision in the world. But as you're describing that, I'm like, it sounds like we had very similar experience of having to separate that out a bit. (laughs) Great, great feedback from that therapist, right? Like, because we had to do a similar thing in the beginning, right? And But we also went one step further where it wasn't just, okay, what are our technical aptitudes? What are we actually, what are our strengths in terms of character traits? What are our strengths in terms of what we love? Because if you do what you love and you're strong in, it doesn't matter what you can do because we can do lots of things, right? But it's also what you should be doing. And sometimes that means saying no to things that you can do in place of prioritizing the things that you're going to actually shine the brightest in. And sometimes that looks like delegating out to a third party. Mm -hmm. Sometimes that means cutting the tie, right? And going, hey, just because I can do this and it doesn't, we don't have to pay money for it. I'm going to get a three times ROI by actually utilizing that hour on this strength instead of doing the thing that I can do. And I did that a lot in the domestic space at home, right? Like I outsource a ton of things at home now to create the freedom to be able to do that in the business. But on a business level, we do that too. And that was a game changer, I think. Absolutely, because your strengths really give you more energy, right? Mm. And if you're working on things that don't inspire you or maybe, you know, just because you can do them but you're not enjoying it, you're going to feel more depleted than if you're working on something that is a strength of yours. That's true. Yeah. Great share, Jesse. I think yeah. a lot of people, especially that are married, though, you guys are challenged mm-hmm. on a different level. Next like, level. And I say this because I went into business with my family. <laughs> That's yeah. a good one to bring up trauma yeah. and wounds. <laughs> and seeing her and being, you know, working at those businesses, I was quite traumatized as well, to be honest. Man, culture. I love them to bits. But, you it know. taught me everything I needed to know about what not to create yeah. in a culture, in a sense, because when you go into business with your family, you're just in this reactivity wound, you know, it's just like bouncing off each other, unless you're coming at it from a conscious perspective, which so few families do. Mm. Um, so marriage can be like that. You know, it's super challenging. You don't get to switch off when you go home. The conversation continues, mm. you know, and that would be the same for me all, you know, all those years ago. It's like it would persist until 11 o'clock at night on a text message or a phone call there was no division no boundaries no boundaries Mm -hmm. and so it can feel like that when you're in in a marriage as well so and I think when you a lot of the time when families do go into business together they're not doing it from a conscious perspective of I'm going to grow and we're going to you know see this as a growing opportunity and you know be honest with me and let's have those you know it's usually just you're going into business because that's what you're doing and maybe you're good at it but the relationship side of things just goes back into those old patterns that you've had since you were a child. So these are like long, you know, patterns that have really been ingrained and, you know, they, they're not easy to break, right? Yeah. You know, we've, we have patterns from, you know, when we were 12 together. So they're quite ingrained as well. But I think because we're so actively yeah. working on, you know, breaking those patterns and it does help. Definitely. Yeah. And how do you manage... Your business partnership. So you've been in business, you you said for three and a half years now. It sounds like you've been best friends since you were very young. How How does that kind of play together? Kind of, you know, I'm just curious, like, are you still feel like best friends? Sorry, I don't know how to word this exactly, but how, how, yeah. 
It's, it's like, are we hanging out yeah. on the weekends or do yeah. we avoid the crap out yeah. of each other? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Do you like, do you still like to hang out? <laughs> we do like to hang out. We love hanging out. We don't hang out as much, as to be like fair. Yeah. But that's also situational because I have yeah. a little one. Yeah. Um, so I spend a lot of my weekend time because I spend so much of my week with Zoe. Yeah. So much of my weekend time I spend with my daughter. Um, so we don't hang out the way we used to hang out. But I don't think that's just business based. I think no, that's yeah. baby based. That's more, yeah, um, that's more time in our lives based as opposed yeah. to because of the business. Yeah. But I like if I had to pick someone to travel with tomorrow, it would be Zoe. Yeah. I'm sorry, husband, if you're listening to this podcast, but it would be. <laughs> we yeah. travel well together. We travel so well together. Like we still love spending time yeah. to each other. But I think sometimes what we do is because we're so much in each other's face during mm-hmm. the week, we actually give each other a bit more space, space now. Um, on the weekend. On the weekend we do, yeah. because to give each other that mm-hmm. kind of separation from yeah. having to be all in all the time. Yeah. And because we can't help but speak business quite a bit. Like, even we're like so no true. business at all it just seems to happen so it's like we just give ourselves I think that's what happens when space. you love what you yeah, do yeah right? we do love what we do but we also have actual yeah. friendship dates yeah yeah we should we talk do. about those yeah those about those. the quarterly play dates which yeah. kind of didn't happen last quarter just because we were both traveling but we usually once a quarter do you want to talk yeah, about yeah once a quarter we'll, we'll we'll schedule out a date it's kind of like date night but during the day um and we'll just do something fun something different just for us to connect as friends and we definitely try not to do it business talk it does creep in um but where we can just be friends and as Sophia was mentioning you know those kind of rituals that we would have like walking and you know things like that where we can actually just connect and be friends Mm. I do notice that when we don't do that it gets harder for us so it's something that we need to we prioritize and we need to keep prioritizing I think no matter how busy we get yeah um, we also do juggles. We also do juggles. Yeah, juggles is a lot of fun. What's so there's a, there's a group of five of us who get together. We, we try to do this once a month <laughs> um, where we one person has the little juggle. It's literally it's a, a juggle. It's, it's a, a ball. ball. Okay. It's a little juggling ball, a, ko- yeah. a koala, yeah, nice and Australian. Um, and we pass it around and one of us has to choose an activity, something that we haven't done or just something different creative for all of us to do yeah, something, playful yeah something that's kind of completely just play right yeah it's a play ritual really yeah um so it's five women you know mm-hmm. all very close to our 40s yeah. <laughs> and we do this once every month or so just yeah. as a way of kind of connecting with each other um and sometimes we're better at it and sometimes we're, we're worse at it depending on how busy the time of year is but yeah it's yeah. A, it's another little way that we kind of connect and play and keep friendship in the space of friendship I guess yeah yeah and just also get to experience new things and and Mm. just have fun the first one we ever did was juggling learning how to juggle which is why it's called juggles (laughs) yeah (laughs) just quietly that sounds so fun I love those strategies in order to like stay connected and like feel that friendship despite the business going on all the time that's really beautiful I love those juggles. I wonder if, like, somehow, Jesse, we could do that yeah. <laughs> virtually, <laughs> the three we of us. We did it all time away. Yeah, that's so we did cute. It, we did it virtually through COVID, right? Yeah. So there's a few virtual yeah. options that we did online yeah. where they did different deliveries of packs to different locations and you could do stuff or virtual yeah. rooms, did, escape rooms yeah. and things like that. There's, did a facial. there's some options. Oh, yeah, the yeah. facial workshop yeah, was awesome. Was yeah. It was a so virtual facial a workshop. Pack, and we gave ourselves a facial with, you know, our beautiful <laughs> self-guided the therapist uh, guiding us. Yeah, yeah, it was great. That was amazing, that's actually. Awesome. Yeah. What is your vision for Unoya mindset? Where do you see yourself in the next five years? Good question. Mm, great question. So answer? one of the places 
Um, so we mentioned the scholarship. So for us, becoming a social enterprise is something that we've wanted to do coming into this business. Yeah. It's taking us a little bit longer than what we would have liked, but it's definitely, you know, I, I think we'll be there a lot sooner than five years, but being a full-fledged social enterprise where we're supporting other other social enterprises, other charities or B Corps to really help them being, you know, the the best version of themselves that they can be so that they can go and impact the world. Um, we've also got... What else was there? Well, yeah. we have a we have a really really yeah. you know we have a vision that brought us together in the beginning, That's right. which I love. We haven't we haven't fully uh, revisited. I think because COVID already. threw it a bit to the side, but it's something that's still there. Yeah. So essentially, I think what Zoe's saying about working with change makers and helping alleviate the stress around business for so many people in that space mm-hmm. um, is definitely like one of the core vision pieces of this just growing and becoming mm-hmm. more of an everyday conversation, right, for people yeah. on one level. And in a way, that everyday conversation is we'd love to create a physical space for that as well. Like we'd love to create a space where you could go and you could do the kind of work that we're talking about and everything we've mentioned. Mm-hmm. It's not just this high-level idea concept, but it's things that you can access and unlock and you're doing the consistent work to be able to show up in that way where you're feeling calm and in your body, you're operating from a space of consciousness, you're connecting to other people in a similar way, but you're doing that in a face-to-face space. Because right now for us, most of our stuff is virtual and online. Most of our mastermind groups is online. So we want to create a community hub that's physical, that people can either operate like a co-working space um, and also that operates uh, and has on a kind of ground level, almost like a gym membership but a gym membership that you can take from a soul and kind of wellness perspective yeah. without going into too too much detail because yeah. we know we don't have a lot of time left. But um, that yeah. would be ideal for that place to be up and running. That We'd love to have yes. a physical location Definitely. set up. And like an inner city retreat. Because mm. we do virtual retreats now, mm-hmm. so it's like an inner city retreat. Yeah. But, yeah. That sounds amazing. We'll definitely be watching your progress and journey to get to that point that sounds so good as is so welcome to just come when anytime the opening. yeah yes. <laughs> oh my gosh know. count us in special i'll be there up. i'll be there <laughs> so ladies where can our audience find you what are your links and socials yeah great question yeah so on instagram is a good place um at Yanoya mindset We'll spell that for you guys because we don't expect anyone actually knows how to spell the name. It's E-U-N-O-I-A and mindset, it's all one word. So you can find us on Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram. Mm. Uh, we're recently starting on TikTok, so that's like a new frontier. Uh, and you can find us at unoyamindset.com.au is our URL. Perfect. We will drop those links in the chat or in the in the chat. It sounds like I'm on Zoom now. I'll drop those links in the show notes as well so everybody can find you really easily. It's time for our favorite segment and our final segment of today's interview. It's time for our weekly win. Mel, you want to kick us off? Yeah, sure. This week was really fun for me. I got to do two more workshops um, I delivered yesterday. So they were two workshops in person, live uh, with a community. At I was invited to a women's wellness retreat here in Victoria and had the opportunity to speak with some amazing, beautiful souls. And we did EFT tapping together. So it was like a workshop on that. And then we did a demo and then I just love engaging in groups. I feel like that is 
like I found my place. I love it so much. That was a that was a big win for me this week. Oh, how Congrats, Mel. Awesome. Awesome. Sounds lovely as well. Thank you. No, I would like love to be on a wellness retreat doing EFT tapping. I think that sounds incredible. <laughs> <laughs> and what about you, Jesse? Do you have some wins this week? I do. I'm so excited, actually. So Mel knows this. One of my big walls I've been hitting lately is with bookkeeping. Um, so one of the, my takeaways from this episode will be maybe it's time to outsource that dreadful task. But nonetheless, <laughs> I finally tackled it. I finally sat down and I got through all of our 2022 receipts that I'd been procrastinating on entering and organizing. Yes. Um, so next up will be some reconciliation, but I made some massive progress this week. <laughs> How good does that feel, huh? Especially when it's a burden you've been avoiding for ages. Good on you. It's mm. never as long as I think it will be either. It's just, it's all in the head. <laughs> yeah, that's so true. 100%. That is absolutely yeah. true. <laughs> Congrats, Jesse. That was a big one. Thank you. Huge. And it Huge. must feel like such a relief when that's the weight. It's like, ah, because it kind of like sits in the back of your head, just constantly like nagging at you, right? And you're like, oh, I know this freedom. I love that. I love it. I think we actually have a, a very similar win this week because yeah. we ran um, a three day virtual retreat for our clients this week which was um, pretty fun. It's a huge kind of three days because yeah. it's a boot camp that we kind of spend months prepping for. Mm-hmm. And it was amazing. We bring in guest mm-hmm. speakers and we run segments, you know, on whether it's mindset, whether it's strategic segments. It was a huge three days. Huge three days. So having that tackled yeah. and also successful and having yeah. seen the transformation in the people in the room, mm-hmm. that was amazing. Yeah, and how much they got out of it. And, you know, on a personal level through that, you know, seeing how comfortable I am now. It's huge. You know, being able to run a workshops and, and present and not go into fight or flight and not, you know, be absolutely wanting to hide or run away. Or, mm-hmm. you know, I remember when we first started doing these workshops like even the shorter one you know I'd always like leave thinking oh my god I never want to do that again <laughs> like I just like just the opposite so to you now you know how you're like I, I love was, that space yeah, that was I never yeah I used to it used to just really put me in such a crappy place before after like, during and I'm just like oh my god this is so hard but no but now like seeing yeah how far you were amazing in you were amazing I was <laughs> just, all watching you oh, honestly you. and we actually gave a keynote last year last yeah. year last month okay. um you know which would have been Zoe's biggest fear oh, in front of you know an auditorium <laughs> yeah, of people like a podium and, you know, there's a big stage elevated and there's like the big screens and you're huge. like oh my god there's all these people staring at you um yeah I would have literally I'd be like Sophia you're doing this alone <laughs> if that had happened um whereas and yeah I got up there and it was Huge my whole person Persever- perseverance right anything can change and I think if I can change that I feel like anyone is capable of changing anything because mm-hmm. it was a pretty drastic fear yeah it's a big win <laughs> Yes, congratulations. I love you guys do weekly wins, by the way. Yeah, we do it too. It's a, it's something that. we teach everyone to do because it's such yeah. an important growth metric and progress metric, you know, to counter our imposter brain. So I love that. Really nice, guys. Well, ladies, we covered a lot of ground today and... I got so much out of this episode. I really enjoyed it. We talked about what it's like going into a partnership with your best friends. We covered some considerations, if that's something that you're thinking about, or maybe going into partnership with your family, how important communication is, 
and being aligned with those same values and that same image and vision for growth that you want for the business and really what the highlights are in going into business because so often we can focus on the lowlights but there are amazing positive benefits so we just want to thank you so much for joining us today and sharing your insights with our audience we just know they're going to get so much out of this you're so welcome it's been fun yeah thank you so much and thank you for creating this podcast and yeah sharing all these lessons and learnings you know that you've experienced and what other people have experienced to help other women i think it's so important so thank you thank you for listening to this episode of imposter women visit the episode description to find all of the show notes from today's episode we'd also love to see you in our online community the imposter women podcast listener community on facebook It's a great place to find additional inspiration and information to fuel your business journey. Be sure to tune in to the next episode as we continue to help you chase your dreams unapologetically. See you on the next episode of Imposter Women.